A burning body is discovered in an abandoned parking lot in Grand Prairie, Texas in April of 2002. When investigators arrive, they have no clue who it is they are looking at, as the fire had made it almost impossible to identify the victim. Almost impossible, but not completely. The victim is 40-year-old David Nixon. David had been successful in real estate and seemingly in life, but it's clear someone didn't like him. David did have two ex-wives and a deteriorating relationship with his current girlfriend. Who could have possibly wanted David dead and why? Well, come hang out with me while I talk true crime. Hello and welcome to Hell No, a true crime podcast with your host, Lauren Lucio. Some of you may have noticed last week's episode did not happen, and that's because I was really sick again. And again, I lost my voice. Um, My voice is just starting to come back. Uh, So I'm back and I've got a episode for you this week. So let's jump into it. When I first started reading about this case, I thought, oh yeah, this is a slam dunk. They got the guilty person. All has been proven. But as I continued to go over the information I had access to, I I started to have a lot more doubt about if this was solved accurately. So I still have a few unanswered questions. And these unanswered questions, they give me reasonable doubt feelings. So let's let's just start at the beginning and and see what you think about this. David Nixon was around the age of 28 years old when he got married for the first time in 1990 to a woman named Donna. Donna got pregnant and had their son a year later. David was totally in love with his son, loved his son. He was always so proud of everything he did and he was always talking about him. He was a very, very proud father. David got into selling real estate in a nice area of Texas, just north of Dallas, uh, an area called Grapevine, and he did very well. Houses were selling. It was a nice neighborhood. He made a bunch of money on these high-end properties that were selling for millions, and life seemed to be good. He had his wife. He had a child. He was selling million-dollar homes. What, What could go wrong? So I'm not exactly sure when the affair started, but David, he met a flight attendant named Lisa, and he started having an affair with Lisa. I only saw a picture of Lisa, and the first thing I think anyone would notice is just how big her hair was. (laughs) It was huge huge hair if she held up an umbrella her hair might still get wet in the rain it it, that's how big it is it is wild I have no idea how anyone could style their hair that big it was just a massive do but you know what 
I love big hair. So get it, Lisa. Get your big hair. But you see this picture. First thing you notice, really, <laughs> it's massive. So Lisa, the flight attendant with the big hair, and David, they are now having an affair. So again, not sure when it started, but in 1995, David and his first wife, Donna, they get divorced. It seems like as soon as he divorced Donna, he married Lisa. He went from one marriage to the next immediately. And Lisa is now his wife. So now he has a second wife, flight attendant Lisa with the big hair. David, he would be around 33 years old at this point. Uh, he is still very much a part of his son's life still spends time with his son, pays child support, everything on that end. And it seemed very amicable. Uh, he and Donna didn't seem to have any hate between the two of them after the divorce, which I'm not sure how they kept things so civil, but but they, they really did. David and Lisa's marriage, it lasted half as long as David and Donna's marriage. And this time, divorce for... The second time around for David, it did not go as well at all. Given that I read that David had to get a protective order against Lisa, one would assume there was something a bit crazy happening during this divorce. A protective order basically means that Lisa was restricted to how long or if at all she could be in contact with David, and it could possibly mean he was worried about harassment or harm or that he or or there had been threats or even something had happened. It seems kind of like a restraining order, but with more details because they have to sort out the divorce and they kind of have to see each other. So it's like a restraining order, but there's all these little details involved. After that divorce, so that divorce didn't seem to go good at all. After that divorce, David, he's single for a minute. By a minute, I mean not long at all. He must hate being single, but when he was single for that hot second, he he was going to have fun with it. And he went to parties on the lake. And it was at one of these parties that he met a woman who he fell head over heels for. This woman is 27-year-old Tracy Frame. Tracy is young. She's very attractive. She's either an accountant or a bookkeeper. The sources I read said one or the other or both. One was like, oh, she was an accountant. And then the other one was like, people will tell you she was an accountant, but she was actually a bookkeeper that took an accountant course. So I'm like, what? okay, so I'm just going to say that she's either an accountant or a bookkeeper. David, he was really into Tracy. And before you know it, the two had a home in Grapevine, Texas. And they're living together. Grapevine, it seems like a very nice place to live. It seems like a holiday home place. It's on the water. The homes are gorgeous, like phenomenal homes. People drive nice cars. They take expensive vacations. And David, he was determined to live this life. David, he wanted a gorgeous woman by his side. He wanted the pristine mansion in the nice area. He wanted the high-end cars. It was very much about the finer things for David. I think appearance was something that was very important to him. One local Grapevine guy who was interviewed about this case on 48 Hours said Grapevine was a, a fun place on the water with lots of parties. And it was, quote, Amazing to see 
Who would wake up with who in the morning? Unquote. (laughs) That made me laugh, but then also be like, wait, what's happening here? Like, I need more info on this. I I, I need to know more. Is this a swingers community? What's happening at the old grapevine block parties? Like, I, I, I gotta know. Unfortunately, this is as much detail as this guy goes into. Basically saying it's a fun party place. Seemed like a fun party place for adults. <laughs> David and Tracy, they were living in this area. They were living this amazing high-end lifestyle. They were going on cruise ship getaway vacations. They were living in this absolutely stunning home in this community on the water with lots of friends and parties and boats and jet skis. And they were just having a good time. They were just having a good time. David, he bought him and Tracy matching cars. Well, I kind of matching hers was a black lexus and his was a white lexus but they were like the same same car different color matching cars oh him and her cars it would seem that david he was doing very well for himself except the fact he kind of wasn't doing as well as everybody thought so he owed one hundred thousand dollars in back taxes to the irs so I don't think he had been paying his taxes and I think they were people the IRS noticed (laughs) they noticed they were like hey you owe us a hundred thousand dollars and he's like oh yeah about that yikes so because of this uh he 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 bought the house that him and Tracy were living in but because of this one hundred thousand dollars he owed to the IRS he was like, yo, Tracy, I'm going to put the house in your name because we're not married and I got the IRS on my ass and I don't want them to seize this place. It's a, it's an asset. I need to protect it. Uh, so that's what he did. He transferred his home into Tracy's name and Tracy was like, cool. Yeah, I'll put my name on this house that I own now. He and Tracy... Like I said, they were not married. Uh, The house is legally in her name now. So she owns it. I believe Tracy did, she did contribute to some of the home. Um, I read about $80,000, I think, uh, was reported that she did contribute to this home. So how much the home was worth, I have no idea. But I feel like a beautiful mansion home in an affluent neighborhood on the lake is... It's going to be a lot more, you know, even say they split it, it's going to be a lot more than $160,000. So I never got a a price of the home, but I did hear that she did put down $80,000 of her own money. It's not like, you know, maybe they didn't split the house 50-50, maybe they weren't doing payments 50-50, but she, she did contribute to it. Fast forward to a few years into their relationship, and David, he wants the house back in his name. And Tracy says, no, no, absolutely not. And apparently Tracy and David, they were known to get into yelling fights and and argue over money, particularly over the fact that David, he was a gambling man and he was spending a lot of money on gambling, possibly 
was in debt because of this. So on April 9th, 2002, which is about four years into Tracy and David's relationship, the police were called to the Grapevine home by David himself because of a fight he and Tracy were having. Tracy reportedly locked David out of the home and she went so far as to change all the locks. So his key's not working. He's trying to get into his home. It's not working. She's staring out the window, probably with her arms crossed, shaking her head. Get the hell out of here, David. And he wouldn't do it. He calls police. So the police get involved and eventually Tracy let David back in the house. However, whatever happened that night, I don't know. I could imagine it was messy. This is, however, less than two weeks before David's death domestic dispute with his girlfriend police are called there's a whole house my house in her name I want it back she says no thing happening two weeks later he's dead David he had even told the police that night he said this is my house it's just in her name like her meaning Tracy police were probably like okay i don't know what do you what do you want me to do you want me to what do you you know what <laughs> police are probably just like can you just let him in we don't know what to do we gotta get out of here so 12 days go by 12 12 days passes and that brings us up to the evening of uh, sunday april 21st 2002 david's ex-wife donna so his first wife she starts thinking something sinister may have happened to david She's like, I got a bad feeling about this. Mm, Something doesn't feel right. So David, he had something planned with his son that evening. And when he didn't show up or call or answer his son's calls, that's when Donna got worried. She was like, this is not something he would do. David was always there for his son. He would never not call or, you know, cancel anything with his son without without talking to him he loved his son so much he would never neglect him or ignore him in 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 any way for any reason and this actually made donna feel so uneasy that she went to police and she said hey my ex-husband is missing and he told me that he was concerned that his girlfriend was going to kill him and now i can't find him So I just want to tell you guys that I'm pretty sure something's happened to him. And if it has, you need to look at his girlfriend because he has been concerned about this. Donna had tried to call David and she even called Tracy. And she asked her what she had done to David. She calls Tracy. Oh, is this Tracy? Yeah, Tracy. This is Donna. And I just want to ask you one thing. What did you do to David? Where is he? And Tracy goes, oh, well, David, he's, um, he's gone on vacation. (laughs) Vacation. So David, he had last been seen about four days previous on the 18th when he showed a house. Uh, no one had seen him since. Just hours after Donna had gone to police to report David missing, that's when a passerby 
sees flames and smoke coming from an abandoned parking lot in Grand Prairie. Grand Prairie is about 20 to 23 minutes from Grapevine, according to Google Maps. Did it look weird that Donna had just been talking to police about her missing ex-husband and then his body is discovered on fire? Yeah, that for sure looks strange. It also looks strange because Donna would have just called Tracy and been like, I'm on to you. What did you do? And then all of a sudden, David's found on fire. I, this looks very weird. Did But you know what? Did it look even weirder when police discovered that two weeks earlier, David had just updated his life insurance policy so that his son would inherit all of his assets, his 10-year-old son, would inherit his assets and get a payout of half a million dollars if he died. But since his son was only 10 years old, then Donna would receive all that as a co-beneficiary. Um, yes, that also did look weird. It was just two weeks before this. Uh, and it doesn't make Donna look very good either, I must say. It kind of looks like at this stage, it kind of looks on paper, looks like potentially that maybe Donna might be setting Tracy up for something. I don't know. We got a life insurance policy. We've got, hey, where is he? I know you did something. Donna's just gone to to police and been like, yo, I can't find him. And he told me that if if something happens to him, Tracy did it. And then all of a sudden he's found on fire. And Donna's like, "Mm mm-hmm. But... Donna, she had nothing to do with the death of her ex-husband, David. Nope, nothing. It really looked like it was going in that direction for a millisecond. I know. Believe you me, I know. But just wait until you hear all the evidence police dig up on someone else. First, let's talk about the crime scene in which police were called to. So police discovered... A body that had been wrapped in multiple things such as a tarp and under the tarp was a blanket. This blanket had odd little metal fibers throughout it. These fibers meant it was an electric blanket, a heating blanket. Police believe whoever dumped David's body in that parking lot had killed him somewhere else, wrapped him up in that blanket, wrapped him up in the tarp, drove him to that spot and tried to shove his body down into a sewer drain. These are the kind of drains that every child is afraid of since watching the movie It or even the movie Now and Then. Probably more people will get the It It reference, but that type of drain. You know, the long drains. What is down there? I don't even know. They're terrifying. So David, he's a large man and his body, it wouldn't fit through. It wouldn't go down into this drain, this sewer drain. It was speculated that if he had fit, he may have never been found. And I was thinking, oh man, like I wonder how many murderers discard of bodies like that. If it's an abandoned abandoned parking lot, nobody would notice the smell. Say it doesn't rain for a while, the drain, the sewer doesn't get flushed out, the body still sits there. Who's there? Who's going to smell that? And those sewer drains, when it does rain, they do get flushed out. Like you always see rain pouring into, you know, 
and they're deep and they're dark and they're scary. And I'm not entirely sure where things end up once they go down there. It's just very creepy. Very, very creepy. Police think that once it was clear to the murderer that David's body wasn't going to fit down that sewer drain, that that's when the plan to pour gasoline over over David as an accelerant, which they proved they did find uh, gasoline, uh, they did find signs of gasoline had, had been used as an accelerant. And then that's when the fire was lit to try to destroy the evidence that way. So this is what police are thinking initially. It didn't take long uh, before someone saw those flames, though. David was eventually identified through his dental records. The medical examiner also determined the cause of death was a single gunshot to the chest, yet no bullet was ever found, meaning it must have gone through and and out the other side. If they could find the scene of the murder in which the initial murder took place, they, they could get a lot more evidence. Left at the dump scene were tire tread marks, uh, not ordinary car tires though, the kind left by a vehicle with a dual axle. Who was driving around in a dual axle vehicle though? Uh, well, there was a moving van seen in Tracy and in David's driveway. By moving van, it's like a moving moving truck. One of the really pretty pretty large ones, not the biggest ones, pretty large. And that was seen in in Tracy and David's driveway. Tracy had had rented one, uh, and this vehicle would fit these tire mark descriptions found at the scene. So, hmm, okay. What's Tracy saying about her missing and now found murdered boyfriend? Well, this is strange. Tracy told Donna that David left on a vacation, yet she told a guy David worked with that she had no idea where he went. And then she told the detective that David moved and was working out of state. But then when brought in for questioning, she tells investigators that she's sure that David left for Las Vegas on Thursday night. Hmm. A lot of different stories happening there. Tracy, she tells police that David, he liked to gamble. Uh, He liked to go to Vegas and and gamble and hire sex workers. And that he was in debt because of gambling and going to Vegas and and all these things. So police, they're just nodding away. They're like, "Mm mm-hmm, yep, uh okay, Tracy. Uh, By the way, we're going to need to search uh, you and David's home. So they did. So when police searched the gorgeous it's massive this gorgeous grapevine home they bring all the stuff with them they bring a cadaver dog they bring luminol they bring all the crime scene stuff and yet nothing no blood is found uh but according to case text the cadaver dog hit on the trunk of tracy's lexus and on the recliner in the home but the forensic files episode said that the cadaver dog didn't hit on anything so i'm not really sure if they couldn't use the findings 
uh, of what the cadaver dog hit on and it didn't really make it into the overall the overall happenings of this case because some sources talk about them, some sources don't. What is most interesting to investigators was that in the home, they found controls for an electric blanket, for a heating blanket, but no blanket. And it would have gone perfectly with the type of blanket that David was wrapped in. The medical examiner could tell that David had been dead for around 36 to 48 hours before police found him. This would make the day of death either Thursday or Friday. And apparently Donna and Lisa, they both had pretty airtight alibis. But Tracy, she just said she was at home alone those nights. Nobody could really vouch for her. She was just being a homebody. Okay. Wait until you hear what police find on the local CCTV then. So David's white Lexus was discovered the day after he was. Police found it in a parking lot down the road from his house at a shopping center called Tom Thumbs. Tom Thumbs was very close to his house. Definitely within walking distance. And I guess Tom Thumbs is like a chain store like Walmart or something. I don't know. I've never heard of it before. But it's, it looks like a big store, big massive chain store. Uh, there was no evidence in the vehicle aside from the seat being pushed up, like whoever drove it last was short. Hmm. And that's interesting because David was tall. David would need much more room to drive his car than what, where the seat was at. We see that in so many cases, don't we? They're always like, oh, we found their car and the seat was really close to the steering wheel or it goes the opposite way we found her car and the seat was pushed so far back like somebody really tall had dropped it off there we see this we see this a lot i guess people just don't ever think to adjust the seat or maybe it's a setup i don't know i'm just throwing it out there so this is very interesting to police because tom thumbs it has cameras facing the parking lot and miraculously all the footage is safe. They had it all. So police decide to take a look at the footage from the previous week. Whoever drove David's car there would have been caught on camera. Let's start on the afternoon of April 21st. A yellow Pensk moving truck. I believe it's called Pensk. It's a company. With dual axle, which is like, that means like in the back, the back, there's like four tires. So there's like two tires in the rear on each side. And then in the front, it's just like your regular one tire, one tire situation. So this Pensk yellow moving truck with dual axle, it comes rolling in to the Tom Thumbs parking lot in the afternoon. A woman gets out of the moving truck with a black dog and she walks away. She just pieces out. I mean, that's not so weird. It, it could be Tracy. She does have a black dog. And that black dog does look a lot like that dog. And the woman walking in the footage very well could be Tracy. Pretty pretty well looks like her. Nothing illegal happening there, though. What's the, well, you know, why are we looking at this? Well, okay. Okay. Well, 9.30 that evening, a black Lexus pulls into the parking lot. A woman gets out. 
She goes into the shop. She buys some stuff, which I'm going to talk about later. She leaves. She doesn't get into the vehicle she came in. No, no, she doesn't get into the black Lexus. She gets into the moving truck that was parked there earlier that day. And she gets in the moving truck and she drives away, leaving the black Lexus behind. Still no harm, I guess. I mean, maybe someone just moving houses with no parking on the street. Maybe they got to, you know, switch it up and, and put their cars in this parking lot or whatever. Okay. Still, still no harm, no foul. Four hours later, 1.34 a.m., 37 minutes before David's body is discovered, the Tom Thumbs parking lot, CCTV footage, shows a white Lexus, which is David's Lexus, pull in and park. A woman gets out and walks over to the black Lexus that had been driven there earlier, and she drives away in the black Lexus, leaving David's white Lexus there, where it is later found by police. Okay. Bit of a weird game of car hopping happening here. And I think it goes a bit beyond coincidence. Tracy has a black Lexus. David has a white Lexus. They had a rented Pensk moving truck. They have a black dog, which were all things connected to each other seen on the security footage in that parking lot. I mean, what more do you need? Well, <laughs> there is something else actually. This is uh, this is what really sealed the deal for me as as far as footage goes. Uh, by the way, Tracy says this is not her, but you know, wait until you hear this. So the evening of April 21st, around 9.30 p.m., which would be hours before David's body was found, there is a woman seen on the Tom Thumbs security footage. She drives up in the black Lexus. Like I said earlier, she goes inside the store and this woman, she matches Tracy's description, a long brown hair, woman, Tracy lookalike. I don't know. Another thing is that when this woman pays, she uses her member's discount card at, at checkout. This is Tracy's member discount card. This is her card. It's this, this woman who Tracy says isn't her, but looks like her and drives a car like Tracy and also has Tracy's discount member's card. She's buying some unusual items. I mean, this has got to be, if this isn't, uh, you know, what is happening here? It's got to be Tracy. If it's not Tracy, it's a setup. And then, who, you know, who is it? But so we'll call her, we'll just still refer to her as this woman. Tracy says it's not her. So this woman who drives a car like Tracy, who has a dog like Tracy, who has Tracy's membership card, but apparently isn't Tracy. This woman, she bought some garbage bags and remember this is like 9 30 at night she's going and she's buying garbage bags and something called muriatic acid now this acid this very acid which i have never heard of before seemed to have come up in conversation a day earlier on april 20th 
just the day before. And it seems a woman who, again, looked a lot like Tracy, there must be a lot of Tracy lookalikes, went into a cleaning supply store and was asking some questions about getting blood out of things. She said her son was cleaning fish and he got blood somewhere on something and she had to clean it out. And she was wondering how, you know, how do I do this? How do I get blood out of things? And they're like, oh, you need this muriatic acid. You can buy it at Tom Thumbs and whatever. I don't know. I never heard of it. So yeah, the, these people at the cleaning supplies, I think it was like a janitorial supply store. They had recommended her this, this muriatic acid. A day later, a woman, again, matching Tracy's description, is seen on camera buying two jugs of this stuff at Tom Thumbs, using Tracy's membership card, getting out of a car that looks an awful lot like Tracy's, and getting into a moving truck that we know Tracy had rented at that time. But (laughs) So this membership card, it's swiped. It's swiped when these garbage bags and this acid for getting blood out of things is purchased at 9.30 at night. And the card is Tracy's card. It's a perfect breadcrumb trail right back to Tracy. (sighs) Okay, I guess they knew that Tracy had been at this cleaning supply store a day before because she actually had bought other cleaning solutions there as well. Which I mean, why so much cleaning product, Tracy? That's a lot of cleaning product. So this woman who looks like Tracy, who uses Tracy's membership card, who buys this acid for cleaning up blood in garbage bags at 9.30 at night, who arrived in a black Lexus, she leaves. She leaves the black Lexus there and she gets into the moving van instead and she drives away in that. That moving truck, it was found. It had been returned back to the company after Tracy and... uh, after Tracy had rented it, but it was clean as a whistle. There was no blood, no muriatic acid was found in it, but the tire tread on the moving truck matched absolutely perfectly with the tread marks found at the scene where David's body was found. It was clear to police that this moving truck was there the night his body was dumped there. Was his body brought in that? What's, you know, what's happening here? Why is this vehicle's tread marks at the same location where David's body was found? With all this Tom Thumbs evidence, uh, what are police piecing together happened to David? What is their theory? What does, you know, does it involve Tracy? Well, you bet your ass it involves Tracy. And here is what police believe happened according to all the evidence they have gathered. David and Tracy, they had hit a rough patch and David, he wanted to leave Tracy and he wanted the house back in his name. Tracy, she didn't want that. She had grown accustomed to this grapevine lifestyle. Police believe that Tracy used a unregistered handgun David had. So this was David's unregistered handgun to shoot David as he slept Thursday night in his bed. This gun was said to have existed by David's friends and also his son. But Tracy, she told police David didn't have an unregistered gun. He didn't have any gun for that matter. 
But David's son, he says, yes, his father did have a gun. And he had even, in fact, showed his son once, like where he kept it and in what it was, probably to give a little gun safety lesson, I'd imagine, like telling his son, hey, this is where I keep this. It's really dangerous. Don't touch it. I want you to know what this is. You know, that's what I could imagine he would he would show his his. 10 year old son a gun for in case maybe one day his son came across it and was like wow cool and didn't know anything about it he was like probably just telling him hey it's dangerous so people knew about this gun they knew this unregistered gun existed but tracy's saying no it didn't exist police think that after tracy had shot david while he was asleep she rolled him up in that electrical heating blanket so he must have been laying on that rolled him up in that and also rolled him up in a tarp and possibly left him on the bed until she knew what to do because he weighed like a hundred pounds more than her like he weighed he was way bigger than her there was no way she was going to be dragging this body around unnoticed so police they believe that the next day which was friday tracy drove david's white lexus to the moving truck company to get the pensk moving truck and left David's white Lexus there, drives David's car to the moving truck company, gets the moving truck, drives the moving truck back. Now with the moving truck, it came with what they kept calling a hand truck, which what I would call like a dolly. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever had to move house before, you've probably had one of these things and it's like a metal trolley. It's got a little platform on the bottom and you put wiggle it under a fridge or whatever and you can prop it up and then wheel it wherever you need to go like I, I've moved refrigerators by myself with these things before so I mean it's possible for a small person to move heavy things with this they call it a hand truck I call it a dolly so this one of these came with the moving truck that Tracy had rented which would mean Tracy could now move heavy things, aka David's body, somewhat easily and by herself. Police think Tracy brought the hand truck up into the bedroom where where David was uh, dead and, and wrapped in the sheet and, and in the tarp on the bed. And then Tracy rolled David onto the hand truck. So she put it on, laid it on the bed, rolled his body onto it, and then I guess just with ease got the hand truck back onto the ground, maybe even went downstairs and rolled him outside and into the back of the moving truck. I couldn't imagine that would be easy, but it's possible. From there, they believe this is when she dumped David's body in that parking lot 14 kilometers away in, in Grand Prairie. And that's you know, 14 kilometers away from their home in in um, Grapevine. When his body wouldn't fit down the sewer drain, so they think Tracy dumped the body. By the way, this would have been like afternoon, so afternoon or morning. They think she dumped the body and then tried to shove it down this, this sewer drain. And when it wouldn't go, when it fit, they think that she didn't know what to do and she just left. She just drove this moving truck to Tom Thumbs where she left it and was seen getting out of the truck with her black dog and walking away in broad daylight in the afternoon. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense that she would have just dumped a body in broad daylight with her dog. 
Personally, I find it more likely she loaded David's body into the moving truck, then moved it to the parking lot at Tom Thumb's Friday when she was seen getting out and walking away with her dog. I believe it's possible David's body was in the truck then. Like she wanted to get it away from the house, out of the house. And when she is seen driving away Sunday around 9.30 p.m. in that moving truck, when she drove her black Lexus there, bought those cleaning supplies and then left in the moving truck, I believe that's when she dumped David's body. I think his body was in there the entire time. That's what I think. It just doesn't make sense that she would dump his body Friday, leave it there until Sunday, and then go back to the scene. And then, you know, it, it just didn't make sense to me. So police believe that it wasn't until Sunday that Tracy went back and, and lit David on fire. That would mean his body laid in that parking lot by that sewer drain for two days before she returned. It Again, it just doesn't make sense to me. Why would she dump that body Friday, leave it out in the open, return to the scene two days later, and then cause a bigger scene, all while playing this weird vehicle shuffle game in Tom Thumb's parking lot. That's all being recorded. It just, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. But I mean, sometimes people do stupid things. Uh, so Sunday, they believe Tracy drove her black Lexus to Tom Thumb's, which we saw on camera where she was seen buying those cleaning supplies and using her member's discount card, which was scanned and recorded. She then left in the moving truck to go clean it and return it, but I reckon that's when she dumped David's body, cleaned it, and returned it. So not Friday afternoon. I think she, she dumps David's body on the Sunday. She cleans the truck. She returns it to the moving company, gets David's white Lexus that she had left there and then drives that. So once she had David's white Lexus, Tracy then drove that to Tom Thumbs and dropped it off in the parking lot at 1.34 in the morning, which we saw, which was also 37 minutes before David's body was discovered on fire. So she drops the white Lexus off at Tom Thumbs, then got into her car, her black Lexus, which was already at Tom Thumbs, and the entire thing was caught on camera. So this makes me think that this is when she drove back to the scene to light the fire. Because it's about 20 minutes, 20, 23 minutes from where she is. And it, when they see her drop David's car off, or they see that woman drop David's car off in the Tom Thumbs parking lot, that's 37 minutes before the fire was spotted. So, you know, I would guess that after leaving the Tom Thumbs parking lot in her black Lexus, that's when she obtained this gasoline. I don't know if she bought it. I feel like we would have had footage of that at a gas station. Maybe she had it in her garage. She somehow obtained this gasoline. She went to the site where she had dumped David's body, doused it in gasoline, and lit him on fire. <sighs> Holy wow. I literally had to map all of this out on paper to make sure I understood it completely and that logistically it worked. The only thing I'm not too understanding of is if she drove David's white Lexus or her black Lexus back to where she had dumped David's body. I'm pretty sure it would have been her black Lexus given given the timeline. 
It was never made clear, though, what investigators thought about that. Um, But again, given the evidence, I would assume it was after she picked up her car from the Tom Thumbs parking lot at 1.34 a.m. after dropping off David's white Lexus. But what physical evidence is there, though? We have a lot of blurry CCTV footage of this weird switcheroo car game in the parking lot. But what physical evidence is there? Police, they never found any blood in David and Tracy's home. They never found any blood in their vehicles. They never found any blood in that moving truck. If Tracy shot David in their home, would there not be blood evidence somewhere, even if she did use that acid cleaner? Maybe the walls, the carpet, little nooks and crannies by the baseboards of the the, the, the bedroom. None, no blood, none at all. Not in the bathtub, not in the sink, not in the, the bedroom. None, no blood in the hallway, no blood on a blanket, no blood on a pillow. There was just no blood. That seems absolutely crazy that somebody could murder somebody and there not be any blood, like murder with a gun. You shoot somebody and there's no blood. Like it, it, it's just wild to me. To this, police say that Tracy, uh, she got rid of the mattress that she killed David on and she bought a new one. Although a solid timeline of a new mattress in and the old mattress out, it couldn't be established. They couldn't find proof of this. And if the old mattress, if it was discarded, then it was never, ever located. They never found this old mattress. So this is where things kind of start to fall apart for me. They had me with the Tom Thumbs evidence starting to lose me now you know I'm starting to get a lot of questions I'm starting to get some some doubt even maybe police suspect it was that the mattress uh was possibly illegally dumped somewhere so whatever that means um I guess like in a ditch or in a in a I don't know landfill that's not being watched or maybe buried somewhere I don't know it seems it just seems like there's too much speculation happening here like oh we think you killed him in your bedroom we think you got rid of the mattress we think it was illegally dumped we think you got a new mattress but there was no proof of any of this it's just it's it's enough to make me start to feel uncomfortable You know, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable at the lack of physical evidence. I need to see this blood evidence. I need to see that bedroom or bathroom or moving truck. I need to see that light up with luminol when it's sprayed. And that never happened. There was never that, wow, this is where the murder happened. We found blood evidence. We found physical evidence. We found a receipt for a new mattress. You know, you know, nothing, nothing. So investigators showed they show David's second ex-wife, Lisa, a picture of the mattress in the grapevine home. And Lisa, she said, oh, no, that's, no, that's, that's not the mattress that should be there. And a mattress like that, no, David would never sleep on a mattress like that. And investigators, they also noticed that the box spring in the mattress, they're not like an original set. They didn't belong together. It was kind of a mix-matched situation, which to me, I'm like, that's totally fucking normal. Like, I don't think I've ever had a 
proper like box spring mattress set that I bought brand new that was like a proper set you know (laughs) like that's some rich people stuff no I'm just kidding it could be regular people stuff too I've just never had that and apparently that was really weird in this situation they were like no no David's the kind of person who would have not that mattress and also his box spring and his mattress would have been matching would have been a matching set if i was on this jury i i would like to see some blood evidence i want to see physical evidence i would like to see that disposed of mattress that david was shot on where is that mattress i would like to see the gun show me the gun show me the murder weapon which by the way these things were never found if you show me both of these things you show me that there is his blood on it then I'm going to be like, oh, slam dunk, guilty. You're not showing me any of this. I would just like to see more evidence than the Tom Thumbs security footage, which I, I will admit is very damning. It's very damning because the woman who looked like Tracy <laughs> used Tracy's member card while buying stuff that potentially you know, it's going to clean up a murder scene. That doesn't look good. It doesn't look good that someone who looks like Tracy gets out of a car that looks like Tracy uses her member card, gets into it. You know, all of that, it's kind of like, shit, I feel like they got you there. But I would just feel more comfortable with a bit more physical evidence just to be like, maybe she's not being set up. Just rule that out for me, please. Just, you know, don't let that thought in my mind. I want to know for sure that she's not being set up because crazy things do happen. Crazy shit happens all the fucking time. People can be set up all the time. Uh, Remember the Pam Hupp case I covered? That case was fucking crazy set up. Somebody went to jail for that. And then, you know, that was crazy. So, you know what I mean? I just, I want it to be completely ruled out that Tracy was being set up. It also didn't look good uh, that the person on that Tom Thumbs camera who looked like Tracy um, drove David's car to that parking lot when David was dead. So somebody, you know, someone who looks like Tracy is seen driving a dead man's car. That looks really bad. But again, where's this where's this blood evidence? You know, she couldn't have cleaned everything that good. Hardly anyone in the world could get 100% of the blood off of a murder scene. Hardly anyone could do that. So how, how could she, this, that's where it really seems crazy to me. There is always a droplet left somewhere from blood spatter or transfer or something. Even though no murder scene was ever proven, no proof that acid cleaner was even used. I couldn't find anywhere where it's like, oh yeah, and then we found that acid, that myriac, myriatic acid cleaner all over the bedroom. Like I didn't even hear anything about that. It was bought by someone who looked like Tracy using Tracy's membership card. And by the way, it was found in Tracy's home. the the purchase that was made that evening it was found in her home but there was no murder weapon ever found no bloody mattress ever located uh no blood found in the moving van or or in david and, and tracy's bedroom or in their vehicles but that tom thumbs footage 
with that timeline was very damning. And Tracy, she was arrested and she was charged with murder. I saw a small clip of her police interrogation on a Forensic Files episode. And she appears to be very scattered. Police, they ask her about the Pensk moving truck that was seen in her driveway. And she gets all weird and twitchy. Her sentences aren't making sense. She she said it was to get rid of some pool stuff, like pool chairs uh, that couldn't go in the dumpster that were too big. But that didn't make any sense to investigators because investigators were at their home and they noticed that the pool chairs were still there. Also, she had told investigators she brought the pool chairs to Goodwill to donate them. But when investigators asked around to all the Goodwills, not a single one said, oh yeah, someone dropped off pool chairs. Like no pool chairs at all. Like no big pool chairs dropped off in a moving vehicle. None at all. No pool chairs had been dropped off at Goodwill. She did also say that she uh, needed the moving truck to move large items of David's for him. So whether or not she made it clear he was moving out, I'm unsure. I feel like, yes, that was made clear. David had recently uh, made arrangements. He'd made moves to lease a place for him to go and, and live. So he was like actively moving out. So wouldn't that be enough of an excuse as to why she rented the moving truck? Like, oh yeah, well... David and I, we split up. He's moving out, rented a moving truck to move all of his big stuff. Why make up a fake pool chair goodwill story that can be easily disproven? I just, this is things that don't make sense. It was also reported that Tracy had bruising on her body at the exact height that the hand truck, aka like that dolly thing, would be pressed up against her while moving heavy things. And to me, that just proves she was moving heavy things, large items, which she admitted to doing. And this isn't what I would call concrete evidence, but still, it's it made its way into this evidence. Oh, she had bruising by her hips, so it proves she used a hand truck and moved something heavy. Okay, it proves she moved something heavy. It doesn't prove that she moved a body. I, I don't know. I just need more. Tracy's court date, it was set for 2005. Uh, Tracy, she argued that it wasn't her in Tom Thumb's security footage that had been moving all those vehicles around, getting in and out of those vehicles, had the black dog, uh, went in and, and, and bought that stuff and used, used her member card. She said it wasn't her. It wasn't her. She said, it's not me. It's not me on that footage. Um, Tracy also said that perhaps it was someone David owed money to from his gambling debts that killed him, or perhaps it was his trysts with sex workers that had something to do with his his murder. Even if that is the case, why would someone pose as her and use her discount member's card while buying garbage bags and cleaning acid? Oh yeah, and like I said, everything that was purchased, those garbage bags, that acid, it was found in her home. So clearly it is beyond reasonable doubt that it was her on the security footage buying that stuff. Why lie about that? You know, I don't know. It's just so strange to me. I read in the case text that Lisa, David's second ex-wife, she was called upon in court and every time they asked her a question regarding her and David's troubled relationship, she would plead the fifth. 
plead the fifth, meaning she doesn't have to answer under this pleading the fifth. I plead the fifth. I won't answer. So remember, David at one point had a protective order against Lisa. So I wonder what she didn't want to say. Had she previously threatened David's life is what I'm wondering. And maybe they were like, oh, well, didn't he have to get a protective order against you because you said you were going to kill him? I'm just assuming that, you know, that's something along the lines they were saying in court. And she would just be like, you know what? I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. Then they ask her something else before they even finish. I plead the fifth. <laughs> Lisa, she was cleared pretty quickly into the investigation. And we don't really know much about her. I mean, police say she had an alibi. Had, did I hear this alibi? No, absolutely not. Would I like to hear this alibi? Alibi and see proof? Absolutely. I want to see alibis on everybody. I want to see proof on everything. I want to see blood evidence. I want to see physical evidence. You know, that's all I'm saying about, that's all I'm saying about Lisa. So I, I want to know more about her alibi. Something else that was kind of brushed under the rug in this case was that four months before David's body was discovered in that parking lot in Grand Prairie, another body had been discovered very near there and in extremely similar circumstances. I want to say exact circumstances. The body of 22-year-old Janet Dolan was found shot, wrapped up in a tarp, doused in gasoline, and burned literally across the road from where David's body was discovered. Shot, wrapped up in a tarp, doused in gasoline, and burned. I believe it was like 100 meters and four months apart. So four months earlier, 100 meters where David was shot, wrapped up in a tarp, body dumped, doused with gasoline, and lit on fire. 100 meters from that, four months earlier, same thing had happened to Janet Dolan. At first, police were like, hmm, could they be related? But then eventually they came to a conclusion that the murders were not related. Because David is a man and Janet is a woman. <laughs> no, that is not how things like this work. It's, you, it's To me, I'm like, we're not profiling a serial killer. We're looking at people who kill people the same way possibly not for the same reasons you know <laughs> it just gets worse they also said janet was a sex worker which meant she essentially had a dangerous job and her murder was more of an opportunist situation and nothing like david's but i would argue that for sure here's the thing here's the thing this is what i'm like eh, i need more i need more on this too tracy said david had been spending money on gambling and sex workers and he was in debt is it possible david and 22 year old janet dolan somehow knew each other maybe somehow knew the same people maybe somehow owed the same person money and i'm just really curious to see how thoroughly if at all those roads were explored because it is just too strange to not be connected you know it's just too similar back to the trial though so tracy's defense is saying 
she didn't do this. Tracy's like, that's not me in that Tom Thumbs footage. That's not me using that card. That's not me. That's not me. And the prosecutor there playing the Tom Thumb security camera footage, I'd imagine over and over again on repeat. And they're like, that's you. And she's like, it's blurry. Um, but they, they, there's no murder weapon. There's no blood evidence. There's no physical evidence at all actually. And yet in March of 2005, Tracy was found guilty of first degree murder. For this charge, she was sentenced to 40 years in prison, but she will be eligible for parole uh, after serving 20 years. So if she does get out after 20 years, she'll be 55 years old. And that will be two years from the time of this recording from, from now, actually. But did she do it? Did she do it? I know the courts have spoken. There must have been a solid argument there and there must have been no reasonable doubt in order to get that conviction it would just have to happen but I'm not 100% convinced Tracy murdered David and if she did I'm really super not convinced that it's how police said she did it I would just feel better if the bloody mattress was found, if the bullet was found, if the gun was found, if the blood was found in any vehicles, if David in Tracy's bedroom or home or the moving truck had blood in it. I would just, I, I don't know, something just doesn't feel right. And was there any of Tracy's DNA on the blanket or the tarp? If there was, that that wasn't ever brought up, which leads me to believe it wasn't. Um, I don't know. I just, I need more evidence. I need more evidence. So did she do it? Well, the courts say yes. I say I'm unsure. I mean, probably, she's probably guilty, but I need more evidence. I need more evidence. The Tom Thumb's footage is very damning. It is very damning. I will say that. Tracy, she did, however, find love again. Okay. Before going to prison, Tracy got engaged to a man from the Grapevine area. And the two seemed to be very in love. This guy appears in interviews and he just seems madly in love with Tracy. He's like, she's just sweet. She just wants to be loved and she wants to love. And, you know, he will never ever believe that Tracy killed David. He just does not believe that she's a murderer. When asked about the Tom Thumbs surveillance footage, he just flat out denies it's Tracy. And he said he knows because Tracy is very slim and has legs for days. <laughs> That's what he says. She has legs for days. And the woman on that video has thicker thighs. He actually says, those thighs aren't touching. That's not Tracy. <laughs> and he, he really speaks about that with conviction. Like he knows her thighs. He's a, he's a professional thigh forensic analysis. <laughs> no, he's not, but uh, that's not even a job. So he's convinced she didn't do it. He loves her. He's like, no, I don't think she did it. Tracy's like, that's not me. I didn't do it. She never admits to murdering David and lighting his body on fire. And it's just, it's a very bizarre case. And I just wish I could have sat through the entire court case to just hear every speck of evidence. 
Because again, like I said a thousand times, I just need a little bit more. I just need a little bit more to be convinced about maybe not that she killed him. Everybody seemed to be like, yeah, no, there's no doubt in my mind. Tracy did it. Like Donna's like, no, Tracy did it. Everybody seemed to be like, no, no, Tracy did it. Like we are absolutely sure of this. And then you got the Tom Thumbs footage. But I don't know. It's kind of just lacking some physical evidence for me. But anyways, that concludes this week's episode. If you want to take a second to follow and give a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on, I would really, really appreciate that. Head on over to Instagram or TikTok and give the pod a follow there at hellno underscore a true crime podcast. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week.